0: Before we begin, I noticed this morning, I may have been there always, but I just noticed somebody's put a pretty big clock down here on this front row. And y'all know what preachers will tell you what that means. It doesn't really mean anything. But, uh, but thank you for whoever did that to help remind us. This morning, we are going to be talking about the fact and using some of the same scripture that Mandy used uh, with the children about being free. I invite you to join with me as we... Read from John 8, verses 31 to 36 in the NIV. To the Jews who had believed him, Jesus said, If you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you know the truth, and the truth will set you free. And they answered him, We are Abraham's descendants and have never been slaves of anyone. How can you say that we shall be set free? Jesus replied, very truly I tell you, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Now a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Please bow with me as we pray. Lord, we thank you again as we get into your word and just open our hearts and our minds as we listen closely And as we learn that we would go forth and do as you've commanded. For it's in your holy name that we pray. Amen. Now in today's scripture, Jesus is talking to some new Jewish believers that are new to the faith. And they were weak in their faith at this point. And Jesus begins to tell them, he said, If you hold on to my teachings, you will really be... And he's saying that right now because those... Folks, as new believers in the faith, did not understand what he was talking about. But he said, hold on to my teachings and keep on obeying them, and then you really are one of the my disciples, and you will learn and know the truth, and the truth will set you free. And the Message Bible says it this way, if you stick with this, living out what I tell you, you are my disciples for sure. Then you will experience for yourselves the truth, and the truth Will set you free. Now, during this week of July 4th, we're going to hear a lot about freedom, and we have already, because we live in a country where we're free to choose what we want to do. We're free to speak. We're free to go where we want to go. Free to worship and not to worship. And freedom things for yourselves. And freedom has been a part of your life and the life of the people in this country throughout all of history. But again, In the scripture this morning, Jesus was talking to these new believers about a new freedom. He wasn't talking about political freedom. He was talking about spiritual freedom. At that point, again, they didn't understand what he meant. But he said, if you will stay with me, if you will study, if you will learn, you will become knowledgeable in what spiritual freedom really is. Now, I'm not sure that all of us today as Christians really understand what Jesus was talking about when he talked about that kind of freedom. Because there's so many of us today that live lives where we're defeated, we're stressed out. That's a term you hear commonly now. We have anxiety about things. And rather than live the abundant life that Jesus spoke about in John 10.10, 10, he said... I have come that you may have life and have it abundantly. There's a difference in just having life and having life abundantly. This means that, as the scripture said, you are free indeed if you have that. Some of you may be thinking, well, I must not be experiencing the freedom that Jesus talked about here. Otherwise, I wouldn't be struggling so much. Um, I wouldn't be falling for all the temptations that the devil is putting in front of me. And I wouldn't be feeling guilty because... I'm not being the kind of Christian I'm supposed to be. So what did Jesus really mean when he said, if you are free, I will set you free indeed? I think first we have to start with a with basic fact and understanding that Jesus is the perfect standard of what is right. The perfect example. And as such, Jesus does not give us freedom in what we want to do. But he gives us freedom to follow God. And his perfect truth frees us to do and be all that God wants us to be. This week, as I studied the scripture several, several times, I wondered about the word freedom and, and how it applies to us as Christians today. And I believe it goes beyond the freedom to, to attend church or to your decision not to attend church. It goes beyond our freedom to read the Bible. To choose whatever denomination church you want to go to and you prefer, and the freedom to speak out about our faith. And when Jesus sets us free, it makes a much greater impact on our lives. It puts us in a position to live overcoming, productive lives if we will just do what God has told us to do. If we have this in our life, we're not just barely hanging on as Christians. So how do we even know that we're free today? When I thought about that, I remembered a story that an older minister told one time, a friend of mine. He said there was a man who went to a farmer's market in this little village. And he said there was a covey of quail walking in circles around a pole. And he said they had strings attached to their legs. And they had a little loop next to the pole. But all they could do is walk around that pole hour after hour. And so this man came up to the market To the guy that had them, he said, how much will you take for all of them? Well, they bickered back and forth, and they came up with a price, and the man bought them. And as soon as he bought them, he pulled out a pair of scissors, and he began to cut the strings off the legs. The guy that sold them to him said, what are you doing? He said, I'm setting them free. But you know, in spite of the strings being cut from those quails, and they had their freedom, they continued to walk in that same circle around that pole. They didn't even realize that they were free and that they were able to go into a different direction. Now it was not until the man began shooing them away that they realized that they could move from this set routine in their life. Jesus said, if the Son sets you free, you are free indeed. We need to realize today that as we're free from all kinds of things because Jesus gave us that. We need to go in a different direction. Too many of us are still walking around that pole in the same direction every day, not realizing that we have been freed to go forth and do as he has called us to do. We don't have to continue to march around in a circle of guilt or sin or drudgery or whatever. We have to experience the freedom that comes through Jesus. And what does that include? I thought about several things that being free in Christ and what it means for us. Um, I think the first thing that came to mind was freedom from the guilt of sin. Now, sometimes we have a cloud hanging over our heads because we're guilty of sin. You may have heard the story about the gentleman who sent a letter to the IRS and enclosed a $50 check, $150 check. And he said, he said, enclosed, you will find a $150 check. He said, I cheated on my income tax last year and have not been able to sleep ever since. And then he added, and if I'm not able to sleep going forward and I have trouble sleeping, I'll send you the rest. (laughs) Sincerely, a taxpayer. That's not real true guilt, is it? But if we have true guilt, we can go to Jesus and simply say, I'm guilty, I've sinned, I've blown it again. Because it's not the first time we've had to go to him, I assure you. Please forgive me. And scripture tells us in John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. See, he takes care of our true guilt. He also takes care of our false guilt. Well, what's false guilt? What are you talking about, Chris? Sometimes, as humans, we have difficulty with more than just true grit. Many Christians will say, I feel guilty because I'm not good enough. I feel guilty because I don't live up to the the expectations God has for me. I feel guilty because I don't know if, and you just fill in the blank. And what happens is we begin to live under a personal cloud of condemnation. Have you ever felt that cloud hanging over you to a point where it just took your joy away? even though it really wasn't there. See, you're trying to live up to what God, what you think God requires of you and what you require of yourself. And it results in condemnation because sometimes we will never achieve it. We bring ourselves down unnecessarily. So one of the greatest things Jesus did with freedom was to free us from the guilt of sin. Whether it's of sin, whether it's, it's true guilt or false guilt, that we've had because of our sins. Today it's time for each and every one of us to cut those strings from our legs um, because we're under new ownership. We're under the ownership of Christ Jesus. And he clipped that and he said, you're free. You go into the world. You live the life I've given you. Live it abundantly. Don't just have a whole home life. Live it abundantly. Jesus also gave us Freedom from the consequences of sin. And sin does have consequences. Somebody might accuse me of meddling a little bit here this morning, but it does. Much of the time we suffer from the consequences of sin because we can't go back and we cannot erase the results of our actions. We can be sorry, we can think about it, we can let it take us to a place in our life where we're mentally anguished, But we cannot go back sometimes and undo what we've done. Think about a lifetime of of self-destructive habits, how it takes a toll on our health. Sometimes we can't repair the damage we've done in relationships, can we? Sometimes we can't always just fix things. Parents often want to fix the problems with their children because they don't want to see them go through pain and suffering. Sin has its consequences. And Romans 6.23 says the wages of sin is death but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. The one thing that we know for sure though is that we can be free from the final consequence of sin through God's gift of eternal life. Now we may have to experience those consequences of sin here on this earth but because of what Jesus did for us on that cross we had the freedom from the final consequence of sin because he takes us out of that downward spiral we're in in life and he turns us around and he puts us in a new direction. And because of this new life, we have freedom from sin slavery. Now when our boys were younger, they were probably early teenagers, uh, we got into where we loved whitewater rafting. And we started out like most everybody in this part of the country did, we did the Nanahala, which is a baby whitewater raft, for those of you who don't know. It's still pretty scary for people who haven't done it. Then we worked up the Ocoee, and then we ended up doing the Chattahoochee. Now, the Chattahoochee is where they film the show Deliverance, but they also, it's where they practice for the Olympics, rafting, things like that. So when it started out, it felt like we were in control of the rafts, smooth sailing. Everything was wonderful. We're going along. Then I started hearing something. And I saw the first rapids down there. Well, before we got to them, the guides pulled us over to the bank. I said, what are we doing? He said, come on. Got us out, walked us up on a hill and said, that's what you're going through. Now we have a van up here. If you don't want to do that, we'll take you around and you can meet up with a group later. I like the looks of that van (laughs) a a lot, but I was with my sons and some of their, I call them flat-bellied friends, and the guy says, okay, y'all want to to the van or you want to go? And you know what they started doing, go, 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 and before I knew it, they had me in the wrap. We got in that water and big waves were everywhere and it was swirling around and it was pushing and it was pulling and and no matter how hard we paddled, and no matter how hard I pray, um, we went in the direction the river wanted us to go. We had no choice but to go through those rapids and go down that river. And see, I realized then that it was the river, not us, that was in control. No matter what we did, we were at the mercy. It's the same way with sin in our lives today. It doesn't matter what man himself does. Sin is what is in control of our lives. No matter how hard we try, sin and evil plunges us straight ahead into the abyss of of ruin and destruction a lot of times. We have to let God take control of our lives. When we come to Christ and we give ourselves to Him and we decide to totally go His way, we can be certain that sin's power is broken. We've sung some great music this morning that, that said that exactly. My chains are gone. I've been set free. All because of Christ Jesus. See, we're no longer under sin's control. And He's able to help us. But you know, there are many people that don't believe this. I've encountered people that just don't believe we can pull out of that. Now, I've heard people say, I can't change. But I think it's more of really what they're saying is, I really don't want to change. Because we can change. Through God's help, not on our own. So we have to decide to make the break. And once we do, Jesus takes over our inner selves and our inner transactions. We choose to be free. But that's where our faith comes in. Galatians 5.1 tells us, It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. We're called to be free But do not use your freedom to let yourself indulge in sinful nature. That's not the reason we're put free. See, we're made free to become all that God wants us to be. You know, what was the army had that motto on time? Be all you can be, join the army. Well, be all you can be, join God's army. Scripture tells us over and over that Jesus is the truth, and because he is the truth, he makes us free. In John 14, 6, hear what Jesus said. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. This is one of Jesus' all-important I am statements. He didn't say, I have the truth. He didn't say, I know the truth. But rather, he said, I am the truth. We can, we can experience new life because of the guidance that we let him take in our lives and the direction in our daily lives. Another scripture in Galatians, and I love that freedom is sprinkled all throughout the New Testament. Galatians 5, 16 tells us to walk under the control of the spirit and we will no longer be forced to live in bondage to the desires of the flesh. See, we don't have to live lives anymore of anger. Jealousy, hatefulness, selfishness. We don't have to live under guilt and condemnation for any other, or any other characteristics of a sinful lifestyle. Now, you may know people that, that live that way. Hopefully you don't. They're not happy people, are they? They don't have the joy of the Lord in their heart. Why would a person who has accepted God's gift still live in bondage to the same old lifestyle? Why? I don't know. Titus chapter 2 verses 11 and 12 says, The grace of God teaches us to deny ungodliness and worldly lust. It teaches us we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present age. So here's the problem. I think many of us want the promise of heaven when we die, but we want to live like the world around us while we're still here. It's tempting. Satan tempts us with, with everything we can imagine. And then some things we haven't maybe imagined that would ever happen to us. And, and I, don't, I don't think things work that way when we're becoming all that we can be, that the Lord wants us to be. Jesus told these new, dis, these new disciples, again, he, these new Christians, he said, to be true disciples and to be really free, you have to continue in my presence. You have to continue in my word and not backslide. See, we are free to become all the Lord wants us to be and he can make it happen, but we have to turn our lives over to him completely. Years ago, I read an example of, a, of freedom and understanding freedom. And it, Explained it like freedom is a bit like understanding a kite flying. Some of you may have heard this. It says if the wind is strong, the kite goes higher, and higher, and it becomes smaller and smaller as it tugs against that string, right? Going up. The harder the wind blows, the higher the kite goes. And then let's say the string breaks. What happens? We got kite flyers in here. You know what happens. The kite is free. But it no longer soars, does it? It starts tumbling and it either crashes to the ground or ends up in some power lines or becomes tangled in the trees. What kept the kite airborne was the restraint of that string. And when that was lost, the kite was unable to fly. See, we are never truly freed until we are restrained by something that pulls us higher and higher. It is not the absence of restraints that make us free, as much as we want that to be the truth. There's no freedom in life until each of us belongs to God. Every other form is just an illusion. And we find the freedom to achieve the greatest desires of our lives only when we live in that relationship with Him. So I want to ask you this morning in closing, are are you free today? Do you have a nagging sense of guilt hanging over your head like a cloud that you can't seem to shake free? Well, if so, Jesus can take care of that. If you come to him fully expecting him to do it, he will do it. Maybe you're burdened down by the control of of slavery's and sin's control of your life. Maybe you feel like you're always being tripped up by sin's deception and temptation. You have to want to be as free as God wants you to be free. Now, a little bit later, we're going to come to participate in the sacrament of communion. And in this, we will find God's grace conveyed into each, and, each of our souls in such a way that it brings freedom that Jesus was talking about. So at that time when we come to receive, and we'll talk about that more in a little bit, just open your hearts for him to work fully in your lives. I'm going to ask Philip Jackson <laughs> to come forth now. We're going to be singing a song, a hymn of commitment. It's one that we all know. It's one that, that we uh, probably don't need the hymnal, but we need it just in case. And We invite you to sing... This morning, you may be feeling something in your heart that you want to come down here and pray about or you would like me to pray with you or if you have a decision to make of any kind, we invite you to come. You can pray where you are too. But just remember, until you fully give yourself to God, you're not free from sin.